Well, here's a gospel that every gardener needs to hear in the middle of July. The kingdom of God looks like a garden totally overrun with weeds. I feel better, at least. Here's the story. There's a man who has a field, but this man has managed to make himself some enemies. I don't know how. The story doesn't say anything about the enemy. There's no dramatic tension or escalation. We don't even get to know who wronged whom or why or how long this feud has gone on. It could all be over nothing, some slight that felt forgivable at one time. Maybe the enemy of this man was one of those people who's just mean right through. For whatever reason, there's bad blood there. The gardener sows his seed in the ground, maybe carefully like you or me, or maybe the man is a biblical literalist and he read our gospel last week and started scattering seed like mad all over the place. We don't know. The man's enemy sneaks along and sows a bunch of weed seeds in the man's garden. I don't know where you get weed seeds. There's no weed seed catalog that you order beside the regular crops. Like, you can't go and get your peppers and radishes and flowers and next to that order packets of ragweed and dandelions by the ounce. You can't do that. He had to gather them, one at a time, a determinedly mean soul, storing up spite here, a grievance there, some as small as one puff of a dandelion. He gathered and plotted and grumbled and cataloged, and never in all that time could he just have a conversation with the gardener instead to say, hey, you really hurt my feelings back then. Never even considered just not gathering the seeds and moving on. He stored them up for a long time in mass quantities and eventually struck when the gardener was most vulnerable. Time goes by and the seeds germinate, but the gardener knows something is wrong. The sprouts aren't uniform. Rye is coming up in the barley, thistles sprouting alongside the wheat, dandelions with the radishes. The gardener's hands report back, panicked. Look at this crop. Where in the world did you order your seeds from this year? The dollar store? The gardener knows, though. That enemy of mine did this. We hear no threats, no recorded curses. Just the command, let them grow. Let it all grow right up next to each other, and we'll sort it out at the harvest. All of you with gardens might argue this point right now, but you almost don't think that the gardener is insane until the rush of emotion at the end betraying his true feelings, and then we will take those weeds and burn them with fire, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like it's the weeds' fault. It's very strange. 
I told you last week to resist the explanations of parables given to you in Scripture, and I dropped some very important and scholarly names to back up my arguments. We won't do that again. But again this week, we get this mysterious parable and a flattened-out explanation. The sower is God, the enemy is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, the hands are God's angels, and there is a fire coming. You may not like that explanation, but this week I wanted to say that there's a reason for it, and you may not see it at first, but it's rooted in love. Matthew is the writer here, or the school of Matthew, and he cared about his community, who were on the bottommost rung of the social ladder in Rome. And he says, even though you feel like powerless outsiders, like God doesn't care that your oppressors choke out your growth and potential and starve you for opportunity, it won't always be so. The explanation for today's parable says, you're in. You are the good guys. We like that. I like that. I'm not a fan of ambiguity. I like clean counters and neat rows and numbers divisible by two and five. I work in my garden to carefully extract those weeds and have three square feet purely growing radishes inch by inch. And I set up a fence to keep out foreign influences. People become good or bad, known or unknown, conservative or liberal, rich or poor, and there are good folks and strangers and enemies. Because, after all, some people are just mean. Matthew appeals to this part of me, and in doing so, we miss the force of the entire parable. Because some folks are just mean, but they're never just mean. They're never simply mean. In this parable and in life, we see that nature is not a monoculture, and neither is life meant to be a sprawling network of fields of one size and thought and shape, toxically treated to kill all differences. Weeds are never just weeds. We've learned the lesson of this parable the hard way, ecologically, with the plummet in biodiversity and pollinator populations and our unsustainable dependence on chemical treatments. Culturally, too, we tend to root out the differences around us. We fence off and wall off to keep out other influences. We pull up whole relationships and don't realize we are actually pulling up good wheat, too. Or think large scale. Our parable today is always in our news. Bombs and weapons weeding out the wrongdoers along with the innocent civilians with all the indifference of automation. You're not a monoculture either. We've all got weeds. The thoughts that keep growing up, unbidden, uninvited, 
and return as quickly as they are pulled. Grief that spreads like a ground cover, waiting just under our bright green canopies. All the anxieties you didn't ask for and didn't plant, but that thrive and propagate. The roots of bitterness that run so deeply and poison the land. The kingdom of God looks like an intentionally messy garden and somehow allows for all of it. Let them grow, Jesus says. There's more to it all than you think. This is the Christian story. Not that life becomes perfect with God, but that God sees promise where we only see weeds. He says, actually, you become a worker of evil as soon as you begin judging what's in and what's out and making maneuvers to eradicate the out. He says, it's all going to get sorted in the end. And there will be a fire. All in you that is not love must be burned away.